Hello, this is Coming to the Mat, podcast from the Melanesian Women Today Impact Service Series. Told through the lens of everyday, ordinary Pacific Island women, the Mat series seeks to break cultural barriers and invite listeners to hear real human stories of making a difference. The stories you will hear from the series balance diverse interests and weave together the story of courageous women who dedicate their lives to making a difference in their communities and country. Coming to the Mat series is a safe space that allows for women in the Pacific to use their voices. It also explores the integral aspects of women's lives all across the South Pacific and gives the listener a window into the many different issues women face through storytelling. As a girl, you know, change has not been made by the voice of men. Mm. Uh, so we women mm. um, must no longer wait and be actors of our own change. Welcome to Coming to the Mat. I am your host, Dr. Mary Tarisovic. Have you ever wondered who is the artist behind that famous look and feel of Melanesian Women Today's cover? Well, today on the mat, you are in for a treat because we are going to talk to the artist behind that famous cover of MWT and all the social media platforms and how she is using her art to take an active role in building representation as an indigenous Kanak woman in the Melanesian sub-region of the Pacific, as well as generating positivity by sharing her passion with those around her. She believes strongly that representation is very important. Underrepresentation doesn't just cover race, in fact, it covers minority groups, especially those who are discriminated against and not given the voice that they equally deserve, like women experiencing double colonization. Double colonization refers to women of colonized nations that are doubly oppressed due to their race as well as their gender. So, meet Mary Lou Mahe. She's an indigenous Kanak woman, born and raised in Wahilu in the Kanak country of Anije Aro in New Caledonia. She's the designer of the well-known cover of Melanesian Women Today that she refers to or calls it the past, the present, the future, becoming women of Melanesia. Miss Mahe is a decolonial feminist designer who just completed her master's degree in English literature 
from the University of Lille in France and is currently undergoing her teaching or teacher training career as an English literature educator at the University of Lyon in France. Her master's degree allowed her to identify and reveal what the specific effects of double colonization produces on Hawaiian women artists and how double colonization is represented and referred to in literature. The focus of her thesis looked at the literature and art produced by native Hawaiian women and the colonial and feminist dimensions of this engaged arts. Mary Lou's artwork as an artist is deeply rooted in her upbringing as an indigenous Kanak woman with a blend of her mixed French and Algerian heritage. She's very proud of her Kanak heritage or lineage. So raised by a strong single mother, Kanak single mother and maternal grandparents, Mary Lou takes pride in her place in the Kanak society as a customary adopted child of her adopted father, who in actual fact is her maternal uncle. Her life as she sees it is one that is steeped in music, art, songs, families, and the love of nature, connecting to the nature and her surroundings. She draws from these aspects of her life and her inspiration and appreciation for art and her Kanak culture from her mother, who is herself a songwriter, a singer, an artist, a poet, and also teacher of English literature. Her mother introduced her to the art world from a very young age, from music to theater and painting. Her mother is an independent woman who taught Mary Lou to be independent and to think for herself. She has been surrounded growing up by strong independent women and this has paved the way and played a pivotal role for her in her personality as well as her art and her creativity. During her childhood, she was attracted to visual arts like paintings, graphics, but she didn't find herself in those arts and so she felt left out, that her voice was underrepresented. These visuals did not represent her, her island, the Pacific, but let alone a Kanak woman or Kanak women. Inspired by the environment, she had set out to try to overcome this lack of representation. As Kanak society is male-based, she has decided to make only representations of Kanak, Melanesian, and Pacific women in her designs. So her work is more designed around Kanak women, or Melanesian women, or Pacific women. So she would like for her illustration to help young girls from the islands feel represented and loved in the uniqueness art is still a male environment. Therefore, she thinks it is necessary as women or as women to make a place for herself and to be visible as a woman and, and more importantly as a Kanak woman. She would also like to push the aesthetics of Caledonian and Kanak illustration. So welcome to Coming to the Mat and I hope you'll enjoy my conversation with Merilu Mahe. Welcome to Coming to the Mat. Destiny.
Everybody and welcome to Coming to the Mat with me, your host, Dr. Mere Tarisovic, here in uh, Seattle, Washington. And I'm joined by Mary Lou from uh, uh, the Kanak uh, country of uh, Nicaledonia, but she is joining me uh, from France. So I'm going to let her introduce herself. So, welcome. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I am uh, Marie Lou Maé. Mm -hmm. um, I'm 25 years old and I am in France because I am studying. Um, but uh, I was born in New Caledonia in uh, the Canada country named Wahilu. Um, <laughs> I'm really happy to be here. Thank you, Mere. Oh, thank you so much. I had to get her to pronounce her where she's from because I have a very hard time trying to figure out how to pronounce that, <laughs> even though I'm from the Pacific. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your identity. Uh, I guess we're going to start from your Algerian side and your French and obviously uh, the Kanak side and how you identify yourself as a feminist designer. So... Um... Basically, I was raised by my adoptive parents mm -hmm. who are Kanak and French. And I have always been inspired by these two very strong identities. Uh, for the French uh, side, um, art is really a way of life. Mm -hmm. um, French art is recognizing the world uh, in many fields. And I really do like uh, French aesthetic and elegance. Uh, there are great inspirations in my designs. Um, as I was not raised um, in the Algerian culture, mm. I have not yet, uh, how can I say, the opportunity to get interested in this aestheticism, mm. um, which I find uh, really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And for the Kanak part, I would say that. Um, like the French aesthetic, I really do like my Kanak um, part, my Kanak size. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, these two parts, I mean, French and Kanak really influence my, uh, my life and my, my art. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe this is why I'm, I'm like a rebellious and protesting side. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, French are known to be protesting always protesting <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so and this is give, how I mm. I saw the the influence of my origins okay very nice so in what ways do you identify yourself with these two identities that have come to be part of you you know as a Kanak on Nicaragua Nicaragua and a Kanak in a Kanak society in the Kanak society um as a Kanak uh, feminist and also as a uh, French, you know, those two blending, obviously, a little yes. bit of your Algerian as well. I think it's really hard to say that you're a feminist in the Kanak society because mm. Kanak society is a patriarchal society. Yeah. Uh, which, which everybody knows is Melanesian, very Melanesian. <laughs> <society>. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So 
but I really do like to say it to the people that I am uh, connecting with because it is so rare to hear these two, uh, these two now just uh, together, Kanak mm -hmm. and feminist. So mm -hmm. people just are just uh, shocked and they start to think, wow, uh, how could it be? Uh, in what ways? Why? And it's just I I think my uh, my mother and my aunt and my grandmother who raised me and give me the strength uh, to be who I am today mm -hmm. uh, as a woman um, and also the French identity you know always mm. protesting yeah. <laughs> with uh, a great a great story of strong women mm. like uh, Simone de Beauvoir, Simone Veil, mm. uh, a lot of laws uh, for women mm. um, and all of this during my studies I, I learned all of this and just mixed uh, my Canada part and my French part and and do something that is uh, like me I mean um, you know I'm a feminist but I'm uh, from a decolonial side yes mm -hmm. uh, Mm. Yes. <laughs> so this is the, the trick. <laughs> uh, and yes, mm. I'm just mixing my two identities to uh, just to be to be me and to to <laughs> I know how to say to express yourself <laughs> in your ideas. Yes, yes. Mm. And so art, so art is kind of that very nice. Um, space or tool to use to express yes. all of that ideas and power and your voice um so it blends yes. really nicely together so you have your knack um you know uh idea but also your very strong voice of decolonizing you know yes. the issues of today um and as a woman growing up in a patriarchal yes. society that also makes it so art gives you that platform. So you see yourself in a very, it's very nice, very, very beautiful, creative way. Very nice. Yes. So as a, as a Kanaka feminist designer in, in um, can you define that from your work? How do you see your work and the background uh, define, you know, especially your work because yes. expression, the expression of your ideas and all that, how do you see that? How, do, how does that, um, how do you identify yourself in that, in, in your work as an artist or designer? Um, so most of my illustrations are mm -hmm. uh, of a political nature. Mm -hmm. um, I make community drawings because um, I want to convey a message. Mm -hmm. uh, during my studies, I was trained in a feminist thought yeah. as I said, uh, like Simone de Beauvoir mm -hmm. and so on. And in the, the colonial feminist thought with my thesis uh, on Hawaii, mm -hmm. uh, my studies uh, allowed me to build um, my ideas around feminism in France, New Caledonia and in the United States. Mm -hmm. So I use my illustration to deconstruct what yeah. um, the Western hegemony has implanted in our consciousness and mm. our islands. Mm. Um, I think an image is worth a thousand words, as you said, and it can be interpreted in many ways and it is not fixed. 
So I decided to use art as a sword, but also as a shield to fight against um, colonialism and all the social and environmental issues. Mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that art remains a male domain, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Ukraine, design uh, is male and white, for example. Mm-hmm. But I am here <laughs> and I'm trying to make my place and represent mm-hmm. images that are mm-hmm. often not conveyed, such as mm-hmm. the Kanakuin, the female body, sensuality, uh, and so on, but also conveyed um, stark issues such as colonialism and feminism. Mm-hmm. I think what makes me different as an artist, I always try to put a reflexive, if I can say, note uh, in my visuals to make people think uh, about feminism in the Kanak environment. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's it. Very nice, because you, like you said, you you people never, it's almost like it captures people's attention because it's that word of Kanak feminism is not really heard about. It's like, what? No. <laughs> Yes. What so is I, yes. So I'm just I'm just gonna make a note here, and the side note here that she's the lady behind a beautiful design on Melanesian Women Today, and I'm sitting here speaking to her via Zoom, and I have the background behind, so she's seeing her art. And let's talk a little bit. I know this is a little sidetrack to our questions, but let's talk a little bit because when I ask you to design that beautiful, beautiful, um, you know. Uh, illustration of Melanesian women today, what it represents. I did not, to be honest with you, I did not, you know, because I guess for my generation, a little bit older, um, I did not expect it to come out in such a strong, young and vibrant representation. You know, it's like, it has almost like an attitude, but there's a standard to it. You see, you see what I'm saying? Like, you know, you, you, you yes. have the PNG and then you have Vanuatu in the middle and then Solomon Islands and it goes on. And I like how you included at the end there. And I'm guessing that lady in the blue at the end is from the Torres Strait. I mean, that's kind of what came to mind. I know you have New yeah. Caledonia as well in there, but they all have the traditional uh, terror mixed with kind of blending the West and the tradition, you know, Melanesian inside uh, but at the same time, it almost like, it's not like we have an attitude. There's a standard that you tend yeah. to portray, uh, portray through your art and it's beautiful. So what gave you that? How did you, how did you come up with that? Because to me, it really captured, like when I think of Melanesian women today, like the idea of today, this is what yeah. that whole illustration looked like to me. And I was I was taken back like, wow, I didn't think about it that way because my, my typical image of this is going to be like, you know, very standard, not vibrant. So it's beautiful. Uh, yeah. yeah. So how did, how did you come up with that? <laughs> I don't know. I just uh, think about um, women and yeah. they're so beautiful. And some, how can I say, um, they always portrayed as you know, fragile, um, and and always uh, like uh, sexual objects and yeah. so on. But I really want to make something more powerful and mm-hmm. joyful, mm-hmm. and 
yes in stop positions like mm. the one uh, mm -hmm. behind you yes <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> this is how i see our women in our islands yes oh that's beautiful very yeah. very beautiful because that has really got a lot of attention by the way um oh i cannot <laughs> thank happy. you enough yes uh, uh, you know it's just like wow um it really represents because i think a lot of times we paint pacific island women or whether it's polynesian you know melanesian micronesian um i don't know it's a it's a little bit like you know it's always going to come out the same in some way mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and yeah, this yeah. one especially from melanesia dark looking women when I mean, you do have yeah. different shades which is really good um yes and, <laughs> well, no, I think it is because they're not, they're very underrepresented, represented, right? A lot of the, exactly. yeah, especially in the rural areas and our villages, the women, you know, when you speak of Melanesian women, oftentimes you think of women who, um, to me, I immediately think of women who are in the gardens, women who are out there working and, you know, um, and so this really captures them but in a more strong, you know, assertive, yes. uh, assertive way. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, the inspiration is just beautiful. It's very vibrant, very, very. So the, is that how you, you, you do all your art, your design? Are they always very vibrant in nature? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I think, yeah, always vibrant and strong mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, all, all the feeling I have in my heart and in my right. imagination of right. the women uh -huh. and the environment I yeah. saw in my island and in my trip. Um, because I went to Vanuatu, I went to Fiji and mm. uh, Australia, a um, little bit mm. around the Pacific. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, this is how I saw them. Mm. It's and beautiful. I want the world to show them like that. Yes, yes. Because I think, you know, to me, I always see color. When I think of the Pacific, it's always colors yes. come to my, my mind. Not just the ocean, the beaches, but the people. And then when you yes. start adding their traditional art there or just everything about what they do, it's very, very vibrant and colorful. So that's so beautiful. So how would you uh in what ways you mentioned your mother so how yes. has your mother introduced you in what ways have she introduced you to art the art world uh, from a very early age how, how did she inspire you um so um my mother was uh, a songwriter i mean oh. she is a songwriter and a singer uh, -huh. uh, uh -huh. it's a uh, passion she always had mm -hmm. and um she has uh, sung on many local stages and okay. participated in many projects uh -huh. and events and mm -hmm. i was always behind her mm -hmm. <laughs> um she told me um to dedicate of poetry because she often writes poetry mm -hmm. um but it is um reading music mm -hmm. music is her life so uh, every day in our home is music. I mean, like Pacific people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> music every day. Yeah. Yeah. And she, I think she passed on her artistic um, abil 
ability, mm -hmm. sensibility to me mm -hmm. by taking me to plays and mm -hmm. art galleries mm -hmm. from an early age, mm -hmm. from an early age. Mm -hmm. And I participated, uh, for example, uh, in the Pacific, well, Pacific Art Festival. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Caledonia. It yes. was uh, 2014 or 13. Yeah, something like that in 2000 something, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I met a lot of artists from mm. all around the world. Mm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was very, very fun. And mm. yes, always, it was always in an artistic environment. Okay. And my mother, uh, she is also a very strong mm. um, supporter of nature. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is our daily inspiration, nature, um, see um, mm. yes animals mm. uh, for example my first trip was in Australia I think I was uh, four or five years old mm -hmm. and it was normally uh, Caledonian people go to Australia to go to the Gold Coast okay but but we <laughs> we went to the to Darwin to see the huge Kakadu Park. Yes. Uh -huh. So it was really you know the difference with my mother. <laughs> so we went to the Kakadu Park in Darwin. Mm -hmm. It was really unusual for a child, but yes, this is how she raised me. Yeah. And I'm really grateful to mm. her for raising me in this way. Mm. Yes, it's a blessing. Yeah. Wow. So can you tell us a little bit about, I know we're going to deviate a little bit here with the questions. T tell us a little bit about yep. where you grew up. Like what was, what is it like? Is it, uh, you know, surrounded by this powerful women? Um, what was the typical day look like for you growing up? Um, a typical day. I think I was, uh, my mom wakes me up with uh, music. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for real, literally with music. Yes. yes. <laughs> or she went to my room to sing. Yes. Hi, Mary Lou, it's time to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, she, my father was not with us, so um, we were always together, always doing mm -hmm. things together. She mm -hmm. was really kind. And mm -hmm. I mean, uh, we did really strange things like, um, for example, um, after school, we go to the beach and just walk. And she, was, she told me, look at the clouds and mm. um, tell me what's your thoughts about the clouds. Mm. And we were just talking about the clouds, talking mm. about the sunset, talking mm. about little flowers and mm. really little things that make our beautiful islands so unique, so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is how I... I think this is why uh, yeah. in my illustrations there's a lot of flowers and yes. you know, yes. some Pacific identity. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I like my mother. She's really yes. fun. <laughs> yes. Isn't it, it's an interesting, you're sitting in France and Paris and I'm sitting here in Seattle, Washington, and yet we're so, so drawn to our island. Um, it's sad. <laughs> it's sad that we're far away, but if we, you know, I think that's the yeah. thing that you can never take that, uh, you know, away from a Pacific no. Island person. Yeah. It's so strong that, yeah. and so it comes out 
through our stories, through uh, how we think, whether it's constructive uh, in a way from a picture or just talking, telling stories like you and I are doing. And then those memories of those um, everyday life for Pacific Island people, it's just beautiful. And, and that's our culture. And that's, that's how we connect, but that's how we identify ourselves as. So um, in what ways has your, uh, well, hang on. What, what, why do you think your mom taught you to be a very independent, um, you know, thinker, woman, of who you are today? Mm, so my mom was um, in family of five sisters mm -hmm. and she was the only one to be uh, independent. Um, mm. She has, she never had, uh, she was never married. Mm -hmm. uh, she raised me alone, for example. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, her life experience and her surroundings, mm. her surroundings have forge um her will to be independent mm. uh, for herself and for me um not to be financially dependent on another person mm. uh, on a husband for example mm. uh, which is also uh, which is um <laughs> how can i say that well it's part of my aunt yeah, and it's also yeah. part of that, you know, strong patriarchal society where women have a hard yes, time to. That's it. Yeah, so I think that a lot of Melanesian that's women it. feel that pressure to be yes. financially secure. Exactly. Yeah. To be to be free to make yeah. um, my own choices mm -hmm. and her own choices, mm -hmm. and I think as a woman, um, we have to be very careful in our relationships and our careers. Um, so my mother wanted me to be independent so that I could develop fully and intellectually, financially and spiritually. Mm. Because yes, I think my, her mother was not independent and mm. they were not happy. Yeah, that is, that is. I think you're speaking for a lot of women, for a lot yes. of experiences, not just in Melanesia, yes. but around the Pacific. Um, yes. And you mentioned about spirituality. And I think that in the Pacific, we're very, that's something that's very deep for all of us. Mm. You know, yes. um, we're connected, <laughs> whether it's, it's going to be a grandma, your grandmother or your mom or your aunt. They always tell you, you, know, you have to connect you know, your spirituality. <laughs> So, um, so did you find that because she has taught you that, that has enabled you to go on to study and now you uh, doing your thesis or have you completed your thesis, yes. your master's um, degree? Yes. yes, I completed by now. And mm -hmm. um, yes, I think that my mother and yes, my grandmother and my aunts Hmm. Um, maybe I was traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> I so, think we uh, all traumatized in some you grew up in the island. <laughs> but it's why now I, now yes. I have to be independent. <laughs> uh, so did you do you see yourself as that <clears throat> because of that that's morphed you into identifying yourself as a feminist designer? Um from how you, you see your world and the issues of women, okay. but also the issue of uh, you know decolonizing 
the, the state of the Kanak people and 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 um, expressing that through your art is that is that what kind of the building blocks of who you are and, and of course still yes. growing. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So maybe uh, a little bit about how that idea of the feminist designer um, made you want to do your study in looking at feminist um, work. How did that was? It, did you find that easy when you when you when you were choosing a topic for your research? Uh, no, because. Um, it was really, I mean, I was doing art uh, before my studies, uh -huh. but it was not really, how do you say, it was not really um, um, it was just a passion, you know, Okay. just like you know, sometimes like mm -hmm. that, you know, mm -hmm. not really every day. Mm -hmm. And it was during the uh, French con confinement, mm -hmm. if the COVID-19. Right. But I, I I was thinking, oh, maybe I could just um, draw something and mm -hmm. maybe uh, I was I was reading the um, re my, re my research for my mm -hmm. thesis mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, um, what's a good idea to draw something uh, about the Pacific? Mm -hmm. and about Kanak people, mm -hmm. about United Nations people, because there are, there are not, there are, I mean, few representation of us. Yeah. And I think this is how things were mm. <laughs> starting. And so for my master thesis, uh, for the first one, because I did two, okay. it was not really hard to select my topic, okay. uh -huh. which, which is Hawaii. Uh -huh. because I was always uh, interested in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. um, but my second thesis was more, I mean, a commitment mm -hmm. of the second and all this, uh, this work and this, um, the thoughts I had uh, mm -hmm. during my five years mm -hmm. in France. Mm -hmm. So I think it was like, um, how can I say this? In a, in a naturally way? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it comes to you, it's very natural because I think sometimes when you, you, see, you see yourself in something, you know, yeah. when you, you can see yourself, just like you see yourself in yeah. a, somebody's story or somebody's art, you can relate to and it makes sense, it makes sense yes. to you. That's very nice. Um, yeah, in fact, I couldn't choose um i i mean i had to choose a country mm -hmm. uh an american country oh so so i couldn't choose Nicaragua, for example hmm. i couldn't choose Vanuatu, for example so so why did why did you choose, why did you have to choose an american country because in my um in my uh studies i was in how can i say in a parcours, mm -hmm. which is called uh, Anglo-American. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So it was, uh -huh. uh, yes, United States, focus on the United States. Mm -hmm. <laughs> was, was, it, um, was it also to decolonize? Is that, is that more like that, that sort of area looking at it and from, yes. A, okay. Yes. So mm -hmm. we had 
um, Ireland mm-hmm. and United States. Uh, and so, I so Hawaii. United yes, I chose United States to choose Hawaii because it was yeah. the only country yeah. in the Pacific Ocean. Yes. Mm, very nice. So that was my strategy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about your study. I mean, and, and then we can go to the other questions. But I'm very fascinated by um, about your study. So um, I have a, a license, so three years uh, in the university in France, mm-hmm. uh, where I studied um, English. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in um, I mean, it was United States, Australia, mm-hmm. uh, England. Mm-hmm. It was really a big uh, topic. Yes. And for the master, it was more uh, we had to choose. Um, really carefully what topic Mm. yes a specific topic Mm -hmm. and so as I said there were um, Ireland and United States Mm -hmm. and so I chose United States because I would like I wish to to talk about Pacific Ocean Mm. and it was with Hawaii Mm. yes but I was doing my English studies because my mother is an English teacher. Mm. So, uh, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when when you were choosing, um, so what was the topic of your um, of your thesis? Is it uh, ocean in decolon- decolonial feminist feminism? Is that was the topic of your? Uh, for the, my second my thesis. Mm-hmm. It was um, ah, how can I say because it is in French. Mm. Um, uh, it is uh, Hawaiian women voices. Yes, okay. Hawaiian women voices uh-huh. in nineteen uh, and twenty century literary literary literature yes yeah okay literacy yes uh-huh. nice that, that's it yeah. and and who did yes, you sp- I, who did you yes, specifically I, uh-huh. yes i choose um two uh artists okay two women mm-hmm. um so um how many get trust yes so uh-huh. i mm-hmm. i'm sure you can tell about her <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's amazing and Yes, she is. Mm. She is. And the second one, um, she is not so renowned. Mm. Um, she is a poet and her name is Sage Takehiro. Okay. And she's also in Hawaiian. Okay. Yes, maybe. Yeah. So they're, they're both, so you're looking at them from, from, from the artistic uh, uh, approach or were you looking at them from the work yes. of um, you know, the political you know, voices of, okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically um, I was um, analyzing their uh, artistic piece. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was really poetry Mm -hmm. and their voices as Hawaiian women and Mm -hmm. how feminism was part of the Hawaiian society, Mm -hmm. um, which is really different from a, Melanesian, yes. right? <laughs> Melanesian culture, mm. <laughs> because uh, in Melanesian culture, I mean, it is, um, the man is a 
<laughs> very strong patriarchal yes. Yes. yes yes but not not for hawaiian society mm. where women um, have a strong um, place yeah yeah uh, even even in their um, mythology oh yeah that is very true God, yes there are a lot of goddess they are the most powerful they mm. are the most powerful goddess are women Mm. Mm. That that is that is very true. So, how did you see um, comparing to this women feminist in Hawaii, and then you know, kind of contrasted with, uh, especially in 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 the colonial Kanak culture of uh, women? Were there were there times where you frustrated looking at that and going, "I wish she was much." <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> always. <laughs> always, yes, because it's so different in the voice, their voices. Yeah. I mean, Hawaiian voices, Hawaiian women voices, voices. are really yeah. strong. Yeah. And they are, in fact, they are um, leader of the political organization, mm -hmm. which is not the case in. Mm. Uh, now yeah. we can exercise it, and yeah. I don't know if one day there will be one woman to be it, a leader. Yes, I just know. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I'm speaking to you about this because last the last uh, episode that we did, uh, we spoke to Esther Haluk from mm -hmm. uh, West Papua, and she's a woman feminist yes. as well. And so it, that was the one thing that she she found in her work. And not only are you, you know, you're going up against this military, you know, power of Indonesia, but then at the same time, you're dealing with your own people within yeah. Melanesian patriarchal society. And so she's constantly fighting with this two different issues. Uh, and yeah. so the women feel that their voices are, have been shrunk and it's so hard mm -hmm. to penetrate. And as a Melanesian woman myself, you know, from Vanuatu, although we are independent, we still don't have a woman representative in parliament. It's been, it's gonna be what, 43, 42 years? Yeah. Um, um, I know, there was probably only one oh. time once, Hilda Lini, but not since today. So that is the, so we find, we try, we finding places like what I'm doing now, talking to you, yes. is elevating not just the voices of women in Vanuatu, but the voices of the Kanak women in West yes. Papua, in Papua New Guinea, and also around the Pacific. So I think in a way we are finding our voices, whether it's through a medium of yes. art, whether it's through a medium mm -hmm. of podcast, and in some ways, keeping up with the 21st century in a way that is okay. If we're not going to have our voices, we, we're going to, it's going to come out in some ways. Yes. Yeah. So I'm very fascinated with your, with your study because it kind of gives hope in some ways for looking at the Hawaiian feminist way of, you know, this, their voices have been celebrated through their cultures. And um, I mean, there are some cultures in, in Melanesia that women are do, you know, recognize, but very few, not you know, if they're from a matriarchal um, yes. culture in, in, the, in Melanesia. But 
uh, again, you, you, you we tend to be drowned, <laughs> you know, yes. our voices are not so loud. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's funny because you said that um, sometimes it's uh, our people, it's with our people that we have a lot of struggles. Yeah. And yeah. for example, with me, uh, mm. with all the, the designs and my participation with Canmac events and mm. so on, I mean, the, the only people or organizations uh, which are interested by my designs and my work are not from New Caledonia. <laughs> I mean, there is you and there yeah. is some people in New Zealand, but yeah. not Canuck people. <laughs> in fact, the people, uh, the, in fact, the sisters from Solomon Islands are also interested. So I need to hook you up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I said, she needs, yeah. So now everybody knows who, who you are now. <laughs> and my, my mother was like, oh, come on. I don't mm -hmm. know why our local people don't know about you. Because yeah. you're doing, you know, part about kind of women and mm. you know, lots of mm. things. Mm. But yes, I think um, my voice is more listening in all the region in the Pacific, mm. like Vanuatu. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, it's like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it's okay because I think that what's going to happen is that this, they're going to start noticing us. It starts to, you know, becoming more in a, yes. a bigger way, yeah. uh, just like what I'm doing here in the United States. Um, we just celebrated in the month of May. We have the yes. Asian Pacific um, um, Heritage Month. And um, the voice is about, you know, because we are not a monolith, right? We are very different, mm -hmm. diverse as well. So it's very easy yeah. here in the United States to kind of group everybody into one, <laughs> one group. <laughs> so I was able to, um, you know, that was something that we are able to kind of, because of the work that we do, people are starting to recognize that. Um, it doesn't yeah. have to take a politician. It doesn't have to take you know, a prime minister or president to no. come to the United States and say, hey, no, it's very different. And it's just about you know, the work of uh, everyday people like you, you and I and others. And yeah. I think that that's the more we celebrate each other, the more our own people will start to recognize like, oh, okay, I didn't realize yeah. that. And I think that that's what's happening. And uh, yeah. you know, with, with your with your work and we have over it's almost 40,000 people you know on just the Facebook alone you know and mm -hmm. there's your work right <laughs> right there yes. when you think of Melanie you, <laughs> you, think, you. you know they don't see the person behind it but now they're gonna hear more about it so, oh okay so this is Mary Lou <laughs> um it's so me. that's yes that's the beauty about having a space like this where we can celebrate you know all the women all the young mm -hmm. uh, upcoming leaders like you uh, with your work. Yeah. Um, so that's that's really, really powerful in, in a way. So um, you had said something that was very interesting in your um, one of the statement that you made, like you said, during my childhood, I was attracted uh, to visual arts like paintings, graphics, but I can't find myself in a, I can't, I don't, I, but I didn't find my, find in my representation. So why do you think this is? Um, so um, in Ukraine, um, cartoons on TV mm. or films mm. um, depicted 
like little white girls in big distant countries and mm -hmm. um, I didn't see myself in any models or mm -hmm. illustrations in in school mm -hmm. or in books so everything is modeled on France and the West the West yeah. Yeah. I thought that um, I was on the fringes of society mm -hmm. I thought I didn't fit into normality of our society um, I, I really had the feeling that our existence was being denied mm. and today I know that none of this is normal yeah. and our children uh, need to be represented and mm. culture mm. to be celebrated. Mm. Um, I think it is necessary to value our cultures and our youth mm. to transmit our values, our customs mm through media and educational representations. Yeah. So stop taking the West as a model and yeah. as a universal norm. Yeah. As a Kanak woman, a young woman, yes. how does that make you feel? Because I think there's a lot of nuances for you. Um, yes. How does that make you feel as a person, someone that does not within your own country and place does not have that representation, although you're on your own customary land. And then now you're studying in France because it's part of the colony, mm -hmm. the New Caledonia is the colony. And how does it, and then when you see me, Zanivanuatu, and I'm, you know, obviously a country that's in, independent. And then every time, whenever you talk about the Melanesian subregion, you go Vanuatu. Papua New Guinea, Fiji, Solomon Island, New Caledonia, and then you have to mention the French. You know, how does that how does that make you feel? Because you know, we're going back to this representation, and then we talk about human rights. You know, because we talk about the issues today, and yet it's it just feels like as a, as a, and also being a woman. In, in, as a, in a Melanesian society, mm -hmm. do you feel that every young Kanak women feel the same? Do they have the same frustration whether they feel like they're not represented enough and they just kind of buckle down and just don't do anything about it? I mean, some of them maybe. How does that, in your experience? I think for... I mean, for Kanak women, I think, mm -hmm. yes, that's the case. Um, it's really frustrating because, you know, um, we, we have to say it, but Nukaizunga is still a colony. And yeah. so when, I mean, in France, mm -hmm. French people even don't know what is Nukaizunga. When we mm -hmm. said we are from Nukaizunga, oh, wow, where is it? Is it from... <laughs> Uh, an island near Africa. <laughs> they even didn't know about our existence. And the worst is that they have um, misrepresentation mm. of our identity and our culture, which mm. is um, conveyed by colonialism. Yeah. Like, I mean, Melanic women. Mm. Uh, they are really not represented in, like, for example, in 
touristic um, videos or touristic um, papers. Mm -hmm. Like Vanuatu, we saw beautiful women. Mm -hmm. Even if it's folkloric, they mm -hmm. are still here. Mm -hmm. We saw them. We saw, yes, you know, the hair, which mm -hmm. is really Melanesian hair, mm -hmm. but it is not the case for New Caledonia. We only saw white women, mm -hmm. you know? In a bikini. So, in a bikini, of course. <laughs> we have Sarah in, in her hair. Yes. <laughs> but no, I mean, not the girls like my cousins, for example, yeah. because me, I am light skin. Mm -hmm. I am mixed mm -hmm. child. So for me, which is, which is still different. part of, which is still part of the colonial. Yes, yeah. of, of, mm -hmm. of course. And mm -hmm. for me, it is, it is difficult because, you know, I am mixed. So in my kind of family, they mm. call me out oh, the, the white one, you know, <laughs> because, <laughs> because my hair is really curly. <laughs> like my kids. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and in my French family, they call me out oh, the panic one because, you know, I, I don't oh, have straight yeah. hair and yeah. blonde hair. So, yeah. you know, I'm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. really in, in the between. Are you in the two, middle? I yeah. Yes, mm. in the middle one, it was great mm. but mm -hmm. it was uh, somehow harmful that, you know, we've experienced in maturity, mm. we, I learned to make fun of it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I really try with my art to make a representation for all the women I saw in my mm. area and especially dark skin girl, mm. for instance, because um, my biological mother is really a dark skin woman. Mm. Like I me? think more, more than you. Oh, <laughs> She's okay. really, really dark. Uh -huh. Yes, uh -huh. she's really, really dark. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so, yes, and I love dark Beautiful. women, but they are yeah. not represented in New Caledonia. You, mm. If you go to New Mia, you, you will not see dark women in publicity, advertising, mm. never, wow. because they are not the standards of beauty in Caledonia. Mm. So do you find that being white or having a fair skin in New, New Caledonia, because we are starting to, in Vanuatu, we, we have a little bit of that, and it's becoming more because part of also social media, but also mm -hmm. in Fiji, um, like you all feel like um, if you're not dark, oh, sorry, if you're not fair, you're not too pretty is that is, is this something do you experience is there experiences that it, with the Kanak women who are like your mom much uh, darker uh, or your cousins who may be a little bit darker is there because because of colonial you know images yeah. and 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 that for for for, for years has that become okay. part of almost like a, a stereotype if you're not fair skin you're not very pretty you can't get a good job even if you're very smart mm -hmm. or like you know if you if, if you can smile pretty and don't, you haven't lost any teeth or whatever and standing in front mm -hmm. of like a tourist for reception or whatever work that you mm -hmm. but if you're if you're fair a little bit fair then you can get a good job faster than if someone who's not yes know. of course um, I mean, for example, my my last name is Maie, mm. which is not. A, I mean, it is a Kanak name, but it was 
um, colonial people, I mean, yeah. yes, colons, mm -hmm. change it mm -hmm. uh, because my real name is Boy Guan, mm. which is really <laughs> kind of language. Yeah. But mm. when people hear my name, you know, uh, Marie Lumaye, mm. which is really French or maybe I don't know, yeah. but not Kanak. It it didn't sound Kanak at all. Mm. And when people saw me, yeah, they're like a little bit shook, you know, when they saw my father, mm. which, is, which is also dark. You know, my adoptive father is really dark, mm. dark skin. Mm. I mean, the shocks are oh, but why? And you know, and of course, I think that there is a lot of discrimination. On the basis of the, that's our the skin, skin. Mm -hmm. and the hair, for example, mm -hmm. like my cousins that were always, I love your hair, you're so beautiful, you're, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of mm -hmm. um, yeah. positive things about this, mm -hmm. and and never on, um, you know, the the hair, the hair, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. of the colonial standards of you, right, right, and. Also, I think in Polydonia there was a lot of um, comparison with Tahiti. Because oh, there was a okay. Lot of, okay. There was a lot of Tahitians uh, in my island. Mm. And, um, you know, the descendant of cousins, uh, yeah. they use, I know, I mean, they are racist, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. but they like, you know, exotic women. Yeah. That's but true. not that dark. So Haitian mm, mm, women were the best, you know. Yeah. You know mm, what, mm. what I'm saying. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of comparison between Melanesian women and Polynesian, Polynesian women. Polynesian women, yeah. In, mm -hmm. in New Caledonia, because you know, Polynesian women, there is a lot of um sensuality and yeah. you know, all this mm. stuff and the dance, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. which is not the case for Canadian women. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that for my, according to my experience in my cousins, mm. they didn't feel pretty because of that. Yeah. And yeah. this is, this is why I am um, mm. drawing, mm. you know, darker women, yeah. women with da darker mm. skin yeah. and, you know, an Afro. Yeah. You know, yeah. And to we, have, we have to, sorry. Yeah. We have to celebrate that. And we, we really do need to celebrate that because I, I can, yes, that is very definitely very, you know, throwing that French spice of, oh, it, it has to be certain, you know, yes. look and all of that. And I think every country where you go, if they're colonized, there, there are aspects of that. And so yeah. women are made to feel that they always have to have a, you know, a sort of level of standard of how they look at themselves. And it even makes yes. it worse when you throw in Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, mm -hmm. and, and the list just goes on. And I think that that's affecting young people in a, in a, in a very, very hard, hard. Um, and also, it, it, it starts to take away their cultural identity, because they, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of young people are more attracted to that, that it's less of, of who they really are. So having your your you know, art like that. We had a lot of young people who express how they really like it because it feels like it's it's very authentic, but yet it's very 21st century, you know, especially yeah. with the artistic uh, style that you had. 
I remember when you post my art on Facebook, yeah. there was a comment, a comment uh, of women and she said, oh, that is a limited view on Melanesian women because they are not on dark skin, you know? Yeah. And I just commented <laughs> below and said that it was a political choice yes. for me because I'm a light skin. And yes, because I I wanted to represent dark skin women. This mm. is my choice and I mm. just enjoy it. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yes. I, I we did saw that and I thought, well, that's really good. It really speaks loud because I think in a way the Melanesian women's space has given a voice. And also, you know, so that when you look at a social media, because a lot of Pacific Island people equates internet to Facebook, you know, when you think of internet, yes. you know, when they say, well, I do my research, that's like going to Facebook and finding out what's going on. Um, but if you can see yourself being authentically re represented um, with your, you know, nice hair and um you know, I don't know if you ever come across uh, Talanoa with Dr. T. She's uh, from Fiji mm -hmm. um, and she, mm -hmm. she wears her beautiful uh, af, you know, beautiful Fijian hair. Mm -hmm. And she does her Fijian. all her, uh, yeah, she does all her, they're called Talanoa stories in Fijian. Um, she teaches at the University of Hawaii. Um, so she's also doing the same work of trying to push that saying you have, we have to celebrate uh, yes. our uniqueness as, as Melanesian women and and not be ashamed of your skin color and yes. and yeah be celebrated so yeah so I'm just I'm just really um, happy that we were able to you were able to you know volunteer your time to do all of this work and obviously thank you for the podcast which which is um, beautiful I mean Thank you. <laughs> if, to you know, if you have to represent yourself as as you know indigenous people, you have to be in all of your representation and your costumes and everything. So you've done mm -hmm. such a such a beautiful beautiful work. So I, I guess Thank my you. other question is, how do you portray your art in a way that celebrates? Or well, I think we speak a little bit mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. Um. So what in in what ways do you think that um you're going to expand that, um, you know, for instance, the drawing that we have, you have the, for the Melanesian women today in the broadcast. Any other ways that you're thinking about expanding your horizon in your work as a feminist uh, designer, exploring the wonderful creation of Melanesian women in the Pacific? Um, for now, I am working on birdies. And I really seek to represent um, the female body, um, not as an object of desire, but for mm -hmm. what it is um, right. to reappropriate our body. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's a kind of retrospection of what is in front of our, of what is in front of our eyes. Mm -hmm. And so I draw, um, I draw naked mm -hmm. women, um, mm -hmm. sex women. Badass mm -hmm. women, romantic mm -hmm. women. <laughs> mm -hmm. I draw women in all their states mm -hmm. um, with their taboos, okay. and so I think that my draw, my drawing are unapologetic, mm -hmm. and I don't try to please society's dictates mm -hmm. or to be polite. I just represent 
what I like, mm -hmm. even if it can be against mm -hmm. certain customs or habits. Mm -hmm. um, I've already had remarks from an Asian man, for example, okay. about not depicting naked kind of women because, you know, I quote, it's taboo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but unfortunately for them, I don't give any importance to mm -hmm. unconstructive criticism from mm -hmm. frustrated men. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's also the importance of my drawings, you know, mm -hmm. that they show what someone to hide or deny. Mm, yeah. mm. so that you could say well this is this is portraying it to the french audience of what the reality is <laughs> like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's probably one good side of colonial it's <laughs> like oh let's take it and portray it this way <laughs> i can switch <laughs> I can oh my goodness um so I would like, you had mentioned this as well. I would like to illustrate uh, my illustration to help little girls. I absolutely love this. Yes. Of our island feel represented and love their uniqueness. Art is still a male mm -hmm. environment. And I think it is necessary yeah. as a woman to make a place for herself and be visible as a, as a woman and as a Kanak. I would also like to push the aesthetics uh, of Caledonia and Kanak illustration. Um, so is that what you think that that's what you're going to be doing? Um, I mean, obviously you just finished your thesis. Congratulations. That's a, that's a Thank lot. You. Yes. Um, are you, are you thinking of taking that into, are you going into teaching or are you doing more research or what's going to be your next step and how do you see your art continuing in that along with your, uh, academic career? For now, I am doing um, a preparation for the concours to be okay. a teacher, an English teacher. Okay. And I am just doing my art uh, mm. on the side, mm -hmm. but I don't know um, for now. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, I can I see it from going <laughs> as a teacher, going to, you know, yes. also including feminist theory of, you know, maybe yes, you could come up yes. with a feminist connect theory, you know, later on down uh, the road. Yes. yes, I mean, my dream is to be a teacher in the University of Nicaragua because, That'd you know, be nice. uh, there, there are few women, women. and mm -hmm. there is, I think there is no Kanak women, no mm. local women. I think maybe um, there are two two connect men, two connect teacher, but there okay. are men. <laughs> That'd be really and, nice. Yeah. Yes, and there is a study which is called um, Australian literature. Okay. Mm -hmm. And yes, you know it's a study. To study about you know literature in the Pacific, so mm -hmm. New Zealand, mm -hmm. Vanuatu, and so on. But it's French people, mm. and I don't know if they have you know this Oceanian things mm. um, when they read uh, stories or myths. Mm. So mm. I thought I could be um, a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one way to use your power to, to educate others. Yes. About. Very good. Yes. Yeah. And then 
I propose a, a class uh, on the decolonial feminism mm. in Hawaii and mm. in the Pacific Ocean, you know. Mm. I don't know for now, but it's a, it's a goal. <laughs> that would be really nice because I don't think we you have any writing it from a Kanak, you know, perspective of uh, Kanak feminism, you know, from that yeah. from mm-hmm. that approach because mm-hmm. there is no. Well, in Vanuatu, I think it comes through poetry. Um, a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of that has been going on. Mm-hmm. Well, it's starting to, <clears throat> there is um, a group of us who are doing more of the literacy for children, but also at the same time encouraging poetry from the women. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the very famous, uh, I think she's a feminist uh, poetry uh who still is, we still read her poems today is the late Grace Melissa. And if you've ever taken the time to read her work, she's also very, her work is very poetic in a way that's almost prophetic. Um, and she uses, oh. yeah, so her name is Grace Melissa. So if you Google her name, she would mm-hmm. be, she has wonderful, wonderful um, books that you can take and, and read. And it's, it's, it's just beautiful. But I would like to see her work also be illustrated in an art form. You know, that would be mm-hmm. that would be beautiful. So hopefully some Nivanuatu young women like you will, you know, be inspired <laughs> by your work, uh, which they are, mm-hmm. you know, and go on and, and, and do that kind of work because it is nice. Not only are we trying to use <clears throat> words to describe, but we use our <clears throat> talent is you know indigenous people and and show yes. you know what that that is like telling the story from 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 drawings from paintings i think it's very powerful um, yes i have i am working on a project with uh, uh an artist she mm-hmm. is kanak a kanak woman mm-hmm. and um she is writing um i mean a novel oh yes a, nice. a little novel how can i say it in, in english in french it's called uh nouvelle um yeah. you know, it's a short it's novel. a short story is it short short uh, short, short story. story yes okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's writing a short story nice about, you know, um kind of tried and so on and she asked me to draw for her. Yeah, do so, your illustrations. Yes, yes my, my illustration. So I'm working with her and um, I am also working with uh, my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He is also from Nicaragua, he's mm-hmm. the Senate, mm-hmm. and he has a project to, you know, um, make or create uh, stories for children. Oh, how nice. <laughs> I, is that on is that also on instagram um what? does she have does she have a, a instagram uh, page where she has all the stories because i think there was um uh, no not yet no not yet okay very nice you, you think about uh there's one that i i saw a couple of times and they would from New Caledonia, and they uh, publish some um, stories in, they would uh, recommend books, a lot of the books ah, from... you mean, um, maybe Book Kanaki? Yes, that's the one. Yes, uh, 
Oh, she she is a friend. Yes. Okay. Very nice. And I think she did. Um, one time she highlighted uh, Nancy. Now I can't remember her last name from the Solomon Islands. She's also a poet. Um, but I really like how she express, you know, um, yes. you know, it's funny though, because I can read French, but I have not speak from Vanuatu, obviously, but I haven't spoken French for a long time. So I can, I can understand when <laughs> like writing it. I have to like, okay. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, the French people in Vanuatu. <laughs> They're very good. They, 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 you know, you either speak French, but you, you do go to school. You do go. You, you have to take oh. French and English as well. Um, so I took French all the way up to. Uh, no, I can't remember when. And then before I went off to college, I, I stopped. And of course, I'm living in the United States. If you're in Canada, you know, you yeah. continue to speak, but you're here. There's no one to speak nope. to unless you find that. Yeah. <laughs> unless you find a friend that you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's very, that's very beautiful what you guys are doing. So it's um, finding creative ways to celebrate your culture, connect people through art, mm -hmm. through your um, designs, um, poetry, or, and then also your work as a research and feminism. Um, that's beautiful. So I think um, we are going to, we've talked about your thesis and how I think we're going to end with how are you wanting to use your thesis to expand from here? Are you thinking of going on to do a doctorate, uh, you know, PhD, or are you thinking just go from here and then teach? Oh. I mean, for now, I think it just uh, I just go for teaching because mm -hmm. you know doctorate during um, this time in France uh, it's hard to find uh, financial support. Okay. <clears throat> yes. So uh, and also, uh, I mean because of my topic, mm -hmm. uh, Hawaii decolonial feminism. In white academics and French academics, it's <laughs> it's you know you tiptoe on yeah. tiptoe on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, how can I say <laughs> on trouble waters? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, for for instance, my I I have a, I had a lot of difficulty to um, find uh, a direct thesis director. Okay, so uh, someone who can be a mentor and someone in that area. Yes. Okay. Yes, because mm -hmm. uh, because normally this person have to be uh, have to to know mm -hmm. about your subject and your topic right. to you know, mm -hmm. give you some yes. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I mean. Pacific Ocean and you know Hawaii. Mm. There was no teachers had uh, knowledge about it, so mm. it's hard. But I, I found uh, my mentor, and she is from Ireland. So oh, okay. Irish. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, the colonial people, mm. mm -hmm. and it was it was really good. But mm. for the doctorate, I think it's 
will be hard. Be so hard. not for now, but maybe later. Okay. Yes. So do, would you say that um, you just mentioned something about finding someone to be a mentor and yes. not having a Pacific Islander who can be the support um, mm-hmm. Is it just in France, or just you know, do they allow that? Does the school allow for anybody anywhere in the world to be a mentor, or does, do they have to be part of the school, uh, the university? Um, have to be part of the school. Oh, okay, so that's why. Yes. So basically, one of our teachers. Wow, and obviously she has to speak French as well, so it makes it easier yes, um, yes. Okay. um she, she is from ireland so she i mean english is her mother tongue right but um she can speak a little bit of french okay and she reads french so yes that's the okay with french french yeah so there was so that would make you think about it too if you had gone continue on and half you know kind of fill that gap even if it's just one person mm-hmm. Then it would allow mm-hmm. for other for the other young Kalak women to come through and yes. say, okay. And then you know, looking at your study and go, oh, okay. So here's the gap. Mm-hmm. Let me let me take this, and you can be that mentor, because I can yes. see how your mother and then this you you kind of build on, mm-hmm. right? Um, and yes, that's yes. so important. That's so important because I I find in my work I also mentor, um, like right now mentoring a student from Taiwan. Um, okay. yeah but she's not um, they allow them to find somebody outside from it's University of California Riverside outside of university and so uh, for me it's just mentoring her and kind of helping her to figure mm-hmm. out um, but it was hard because she couldn't find someone who from Melanesia in you know United yeah. States um, of course, there's uh, Dr. Teresi and some others uh, in Hawaii, but, you know, having the, the women, you know, more women representative, mm-hmm. it's uh, representation and it makes a huge difference. It really does make a big difference for, um, for a young person. And so to me, I see that space, okay, because there's no, not nobody else. I need to, you know, just look, but also how I presented so that others can come in and also have that space. What you leave behind is very important for others to con- continue on. And, and you see that work in um, the two women that you study in your, yes. in your thesis, right? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. So is there anything that you wanna say to the young um, Kanak girls and teenagers and women not just in Caledonia, but around Melanesia and the Pacific. Um, now that they can hear your voice, the woman behind the amazing illustration of uh, Melanesian mm-hmm. women today, um, what do you want to tell them about what they can do? Um, that, you know, can, can express not just their identity, but, you know, their voice. Hmm. I think that I will say, um, as a girl, you know, change has not been made by the voice of men. Mm. Uh, so we women, mm. 
um, must no longer wait and be actors of our own change. Mm-hmm. And like New Caledonia, my identity, my women, um, women from the Pacific Ocean, and you know, feminism. I choose art because I was. It was natural for me. It was easy for me. But you can choose everything you want, like mm-hmm. podcasting mm-hmm. or you know sports. Mm-hmm. Just go for it and listen to your heart, your head, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not to the to the people around you, even if it's something. Some, someone really important for you like your parents mm-hmm. just go for what you think it is important uh, always follow your ideas mm-hmm. because you know, it was hard for me to you know break this um, how can I say this link with important people in my life who said because it's a lot of work it's a lot of stuff and I just, you know, started doing art, and I am here with mm. you, Mary. <laughs> yes, so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> don't stress out. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're listening, that was Mary Lou, and I'm speaking to her. Um, she's in uh, France. story about her life and what she is aspired to do and also she's a research in uh, feminist uh, work and I, th- I hope that you continue on to ex- expound your area so that other young women can find especially in Kanat, Caledonia, to find their voice in your work which I know will happen um, it just takes a while for people to kind of see themselves and realize like oh okay um and thank you so much for taking your time to this evening. It's probably very late now for her uh, to no. spend, <laughs> spend time with me. Yeah, to spend time with thank me. You. Yes, I'm so thankful for your time. And I'm sorry that we can't converse in French because um, I have gone for so long, <laughs> so many years since I've left Vanuatu. And, and I do go back and I would they would speak to me and I would respond in, in, in English. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for your time and it's such thank a pleasure you. talking to you and thank you so much for your work that you keep doing and we continue to celebrate your artwork.
This podcast is created and produced by Melanesian Women Today, a non-profit organization. Please visit our website at www.melanesianwomentoday.org. That is all one word. Melanesian Women Today envisions a Pacific region where every woman, girl, and child in their respective communities in Melanesia lives a productive, healthy, and fulfilling life. We are on a mission to improve the well-being and quality of lives and also to promote and improve leadership in women and girls in their communities. Please consider making a donation today on our website to support our work. Thank you for your support.